Sal Berry. Hey Panini, I'm writing an article. Can I get a little bit of information on this new set? And then they like ignore me for like ever. And Tim Parrish. I hate Nashville. I hate country music. This place sucks. And Carrie Underpants and her husband should just go away. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Puck Junk Podcast. Sal Barry here, along with Tim Parrish, the real DFG on Twitter. And today we're going to talk about a bunch of hockey goodness. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hockey cards, about uh, Austin Matthews' uh, exclusive agreement with Upper Deck uh, for trading card autographs. And then we're going to also talk maybe a little bit of other trading card stuff. And then definitely today, uh, the bulk of it is going to be about the 2016 Hall of Fame inductees. Tim, how are you this wonderful evening or morning I or whenever am, you're listening to this? I am fantastic. If I were any better, I'd be twins. Uh, Tim, uh, twi- <laughs> t- uh, Twin Tims. I like it. Uh, what will your twins name be? Would My it be, twins name? Would it be Mitt? I don't know if I could go right out with that. It'd have to be something different. Well, I mean, probably a Spanish name. Mitt would be like the backwards of of Tim, right? It would. So that would be probably something Spanish. That, but I think Mitt would be awesome, but uh, Spanish like Rolando or something. It reminds me of Mitt Romney. I don't like that guy. Yeah, I don't like that guy either. Oh man, let's not talk politics because (sighs) I'd rather not because I know I know the two of us differ. On opinion, just considering some of the Facebook posts I saw you post. Wait, wait, what? No, I didn't post. I okay. I'm not a Trump supporter. Uh, I understand. Not and, many people are. And uh, but honestly, I I wrote in um, Bernie Sanders on my ballot. Oh yeah. Well, I knew that Hillary was going to win the state anyway, so it was a protest vote. Like I could have, I could have uh, voted for Mayor McCheese, and it wouldn't have mattered. So. Um, but I was hoping that uh, Sanders would get enough protest votes that at least somebody would say, oh, you know, and he surprisingly got X amount of votes and maybe that would have been 5% and would have gotten him on the ballot next time and whatever. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't work the way most uh, ignorant Americans thought it was going to work. But, <laughs> oh, well, that's that's another discussion entirely. All right. So um, let's just talk a little bit about this this. Uh, Austin Matthews deal. So basically, uh, today I got an email from Upper Decks. Uh, we got a press release from them. And so it reads, Upper Deck signs number one NHL draft pick Austin Matthews to exclusive autographed trading card deal. So they're very clear in this press release that it's not like a Connor McDavid thing where Connor McDavid will only sign pucks for Upper Deck and Connor McDavid will only sign jerseys for Upper Deck. This seems to be limited just to trading cards and this seems to be kind of as a way to keep Leaf from doing one of those deals like what they did with um oh man now his name's escaping me. Uh the guy who's Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel. He's been injured all season so you know out of sight out of mind. So uh What's your take on this? I know you just found out about it five seconds ago. Like uh, you're like, really upper deck, Austin Matthews. Tell me more. Yeah, I didn't get the email, so I don't. Uh, I guess I was, I've been banned or something. I can't, I think I'm but, just, I'm just in the know. I, you know, we talked about the whole Connor McDavid thing and and having the exclusive design pretty much everything. With this being limited trading cards, I mean, obviously, upper deck's pretty much the only one that actually has that. Uh, carte blanche to make any NHL product that they want. Um, but you know, if that license, if that license goes away, you know, depending on how long this exclusive is supposed to last, you know, you may not see anything in other products if there's ever that possibility. I know with leaf, most of the Austin Matthews stuff is minor league. I don't know that they put out anything Maybe in this year's product, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard because he played, uh, what, over in uh, Switzerland last season. So, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I'm sure they could have approached the Swiss team and been like, hey, you know, we need a photo and we'll pay you. And they probably would have been like, sure, you know, because it just raises their profile um, to be in an American product. Um, I'm not super surprised. I mean, considering that Matthews had that four goal first game that, you know, everybody talked about, uh, and, and rightly so, um, you know, it oh, seems... yeah. after that game, everybody was ready to crown him King. Right. Uh, he, he looked impressive, but I mean, 
a lot of that was pure adrenaline. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, but, you know, another thing that's kind of interesting, just in Upper Deck news, uh, something that I noticed um, a couple days ago, and I can't quite put my finger on what day it was, but um, they sent me an email saying, Upper Deck Series 2 is almost sold out on EPAC, so if you were going to buy some, buy some now. And then, like, literally the very next day, they took it off of EPAC. What's funny is that they did the same thing with Series 1, where it was like, I forget when it was, but they were like, they sent an email, and it said Upper Deck Series 1 is going to be off of EPAC, and then, like, the next day, they took it off of EPAC, so... I don't know. I just, I, I mean, maybe. Oh. They, I mean, I know they they say they they submit a finite supply to 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 EPAC, but I don't know. It just seems a little janky that it's like, oh, it's going to sell out, so you better buy some, and then and then it sells out. Well, well, they warned you. I mean, that's that's really that's really it. There's two sides to that whole thing too, and we've made this argument before: is is EPAC watering down the physical card market, and you you kind of. You have that from both perspectives. You have the one instance where they start funneling stuff and you start wondering, okay, how much of this has been sent to electronic and how much of it is actually real? So obviously cutting it off, they got to cut it off at some point because guess what just came? Series 1 for this year. Right, so, right. So you can't have people buying. See the, yeah, and you're going to see the transition over to the new stuff. And, you know, if you made Series 1 and Series 2 available forever and eventually somebody pulled, you know, Jersey cards and whatnot, you know, you're going to find the the inability to get them. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, we've talked about this before, about EPAC watering down. I mean, for inserts, yes. For base cards, no, obviously. So it's it's really interesting that, like, you go to COMC and a base card is a dollar and an insert card is, like, 26 cents. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it, it's kind of funny. Um, how about, uh, I mean, what, what you, uh, you still, um, you still playing around with, uh, the top skate? Oh yeah, of course. What's your, um, uh, what's your latest and greatest on that? I like, I like the fact that they started releasing more of those focus cards. Those are, yes. those are pretty cool. Yes. I, um, I saw the, uh. What was the new one? Was it Taze or Kane? Uh, Kane. That's the one that came out uh, today. Yeah, I was able to. I pulled the Giroux one. Didn't get the uh, Crawford. No, there was one from the. Oh, the the Russian kid that scored that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Never. I didn't get that one because that one was gone pretty quick. I got that one. Believe it or not. I haven't opened any of the Kane pack to try to get those yet. Well, did you? Those are pretty cool. Did you participate in their their vote on uh, on election day? Their online vote. Who'd you vote for? I should like. I need to ask. I voted for Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel. Oh, I thought you were going to say Trump, but okay, uh, Kessel. Yeah. Right. I, I voted did... for for Stanley Cup champion winning Phil Kessel. Right. That's who I voted. And for. hot dog eating champ Phil Kessel. Yes. And but unfortunately, Kessel didn't win, and Ryan Kessler won because I think he had the better deal. No, uh, was... Kessel did win. Kessel, no, I didn't think Kessel won because Kessel's Kessel's prize was like improved 50, odds on pulling. I thought, his, I thought his was something else. Nope, his was improved odds on pulling. Um, his was uh, improved odds on pulling inserts. So yeah. I was able to get the Giroux card uh, focus card in like two packs, and I think it took me like maybe three packs to get. Um, the, the the Rangers focus card and then I I blew the rest of my money my money my coins my fake money my funny money and I haven't bought any coins since that initial buy like the first week so I've just been using my free coins I save them up yeah. and then I spend them all in like one time and I ended up pulling a bunch of three stars uh, that week's three stars uh, with pretty good odds and I think we have the odds until. Uh, like a until uh, Wednesday, so um, I'm gonna just okay. yeah. So I'm gonna wait another day, and then I'm gonna try to pull that Kane card. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that they're, they're doing more I focus. Been doing a lot of insert packs as much. I most most of what I buy or I pick up the the uh, just the bonus base packs. Yeah. Um, because I'm working on I'm working on. See, here's my set builder. Even on digital, I'm working on sets. I have all the white base. 
I'm pretty close on green. I'm working on red right now. So see, and you know what? Uh, building the sets have come taken a backseat uh, to actually playing the the daily fantasy hockey. I play in the two free um, hockey games, uh, and uh, I I started doing I, I started out doing okay in them. I mean, at worst, you get 500 coins if you score. If your guys score at least 500 or more points, you get 500 coins. But I will admit that I did break down and I started buying some silver packs. You know what? The boost on a silver card is five. Five times. So Crosby scores a goal, that's 100 points. But if you have a silver Crosby, which I do not, that's 500 points. So I bought a pack. But you got the silver McDavid, didn't you? I got two of them now. Two of them. Two of them, and uh, yeah, well, and you know, you can play them both. So, I mean, in in like one game, I or one night, I think I was playing like McDavid, Dubnik, Bergeron. Um, I'm trying to think who else I had. Uh, um, uh, Carlson on, on the Senators, and those guys, and uh, uh, Seabrook, and all of those guys have been like really solid. Um, so yeah, I actually paid money for digital cards. I mean, a, a pack is like thirteen ninety nine for nine silver cards. And um, it's kind of like buying your way to having better players. And I've been finishing within, like, there's about 2,000 people that play. And now I, I uh, each day, and I finish within, like, the top 100 Usually, uh, wow. yeah. So now instead of just getting the five hundred coins, I get um, I get uh, a pack, either just a regular pack with just all white cards. Yesterday I finished something like forty seventh out of like two thousand, which is like the upper three percent. Not to toot my own horn, because again, when you pull good cards of good players, I mean, one of the cards I got was um, uh, Thomas Grease, who hasn't played like any games, and if he does, they're not very. He's hasn't been very good, uh, at least. Well, he's Halak's backup. Right. You know, even yeah. a, a silver Halak would be better. Right. Right. Well, goalies, I mean, and I think this could be a topic for a whole other uh, other conversation, but goalies are just really streaky because they could win the game, but they could do something like minus 600 points if you have, like, a high enough boost. That's why I don't play goalies. Yeah, but see, when I play Dubnik, he's been doing great for me. I mean, he's been like one of the top four, top five goalies all season. So my silver Dubnik card will get me like a thousand points in a fantasy game. But like my uh, red Cam Talbot like blew up in my face yesterday when the Oilers lost. Yeah, I had Matt Murray. I had like a red or a blue Matt Murray in and he got me. I don't remember what it was, like 700 or 800 points in one game. But I haven't used the goalie since then. Hey, you know, as long as we're on the topic of uh, hockey cards, um, uh, you mentioned that your kids opened up some Neo Retro cards uh, the other day. Yes. Um, uh, we were at, we stopped by Baseball Card Exchange to see if they had anything new and interesting and exciting. And they had a table with a bunch of discounted boxes. So we picked up a box of 91 92 Stadium Club. And the kids split it by three ways. And I have busted to open the pack. I so. have to ask, how much was the box? It was a whopping $5. $5. That's all you should $5. pay for a box of 91 92 Stadium Club. Do you happen to recall what packs cost back in the day of Stadium Club? Um, if I remember correctly, they were about a buck or more. Okay. I, I, I don't, rem- I honestly don't club. remember. Uh, I thought they were like, I want to say they were like two fifty a pack, but that could have been a couple years later. I was going to say, I'm not sure two fifty was right, but I can tell you right now that these boxes came from Kmart. Okay. Back in 1991. Oh, excellent. And they were. And they were a dollar seventy nine a pack because ah. they still have the sticker on them. Bless your soul for sharing this information yeah. with me, because that's great. You know what? Maybe two fifty was like what they charged at like um, card stores and comic shops, because they used to work in a comic yeah. shop, and and my boss would order the hockey cards, and then all the, <laughs> then there'd go my week's pay. You know, like yeah. oh, box of score, okay, box of pro set, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways. I cut the- Oh. I cut the top off the box, and it has a Kmart uh, 
the Kmart pricing sticker. It says it's $1.79. So I saw it on the table. I'm like, wow, this whole box is $1.79. But that's the... They were like, no, 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 it's $5. So they opened these packs. uh, Yeah, they opened the packs, and it was fun to watch them going through them all because... I mean, first of all, half the packs and cards are stuck together because they have the glossy print on them mm-hmm. and, you know, the silver silver foil mm-hmm. along the bottom. But uh, for the most part, they were they were pretty good. I mean, they were going through them all and reading off the names as they were getting them. And surprisingly enough, they, they knew a lot, of the, a lot of the players, probably because of me. But... Ah. So they weren't like... Who... And yes, they, yes, they did pull the Yager Mullet card. Uh-huh. And uh, were they like, oh, my God, an active player. I'm pretty sure that he was the only active player in that whole box. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the only guy who's been playing uh, since that season and is still yeah, playing. I, I was going to say, I don't think there was another one pulled out of there. No, but. no. Uh, hey, did you hear real quick uh, as, as we transition uh, I'm going to talk uh, Hall of Fame in a minute, but, uh, you know, the other day the, the Blues announced their uh, initial lineup of uh, the alumni that are going to be playing in their alumni game against the Blackhawks alumni, and get the, get get who's going to be playing in net for them. For the Blues? For the Blues! Um, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It's not going to be... He also okay. played... For the New Jersey Devils. Oh, oh. are you serious? They're I, putting Brodeur in that. I, I, I think he's. I think he's putting himself in that. I think oh. he's like, no, no, I'm the assistant GM. I should be in this game because you know I retired a blue, and uh, <laughs> I just think that's funny because I I think if I I know when the Blackhawks played the Minnesota alumni and most of them were north stars they were taking that game seriously they pulled their goalie i mean the north stars the alumni north stars whatever got an empty net goal but troy murray dived to try to keep the puck from going in because they really wanted to win that game i mean they were really trying ronick was trying savard was trying everybody was what was 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 putting in an effort to beat the the ex north stars and, and wild team so i i think that if this is going to be the same you know, if they're going to have that same mindset, it's going to be pretty freaking hard when you have Martin Broder in net for for uh, the Blues alumni and not like Mike Liut or, or someone who's like, you know, pushing 60. Well, they can't have him in there the whole time, can they? I mean, I, they usually have backup goaltenders that they shift in and out, wouldn't they? I think it's Which fun when they have yeah. like three goaltenders. Well, if they do th- uh, three periods, I think it's good when they have three goalies. I think that's always nice. Yeah. You know, everybody gets a turn then. Everybody's a winner. So it's going to be Broder versus who? Darren Pang? Uh, <laughs> now, that'd be funny because Ops? Pang or... works for the Blues as uh, yeah. the, a color commentator. So that'd be Between interesting. Them. That would actually be kind of cool. You Jimmy know, Waite, maybe? I, I, I could see Jimmy Waite being in there because he's their goaltending coach. And he's. Oh, yeah. How about Murray? How about Mur- Murray Banner? I don't. He's, still around, he's still around, but I don't remember the last time he played in an alumni game. I'd like. I'd love to see Elaine Chevrier. Have they announced their roster? No, the Blackhawks haven't announced their roster yet, and the Blues. I don't. I don't remember. Other than seeing Broder, and I'm just like, oh, okay, that's funny. Um, but yeah, Bannerman would be, you know, you know, or like Jocelyn Tebow is still young enough that he could go in there and you know, kick ass as far as uh, alumni games go, you know, because the guys who just retired like five years ago have a clear advantage over the guys who retired like 20 years ago. So, right. um, yeah, that's usually always the case when you have that kind of stuff goes on. You know, when the, you put right. in somebody like a Mike Palmatier or something, and then, you know, they're going to give up eight goals. Yeah. And they're going to be scored by like Mark Reckie or whoever's playing on the other alumni team. Right. Mark Reckie could play on a lot of people's alumni team yeah he could probably could probably play and <laughs> for the islanders in fact uh mark mark Recchi is uh still one of my i guess I don't, I don't know what you would call it but one of my long shot picks for making the hall of fame hmm. i think he deserves to be in there hmm. yeah well you know it's funny too because um uh, talking about Hall of Fame, so we have our our uh, 
2016 class that was inducted Monday night, you know, Eric Lindros, uh, Sergei Makarov, uh, Rogi Vachon, and uh, Pat Quinn. What's your take on this year's um, inductee class? Um, well, I mean, it's it's about time that Rogi got his got his call. I mean, he's only been eligible for what 35 years. Um, but uh, you know, he's been he was passed over a lot of times for other players. And, and yeah, if you look stat wise and everything else, there's been a lot of guys that you know maybe were more deserving than he was. But you got to look at you got to look at what he was. I mean, he was. He was the superstar goalie on the Kings, you know. He was he was a great goalie for the Canadians beforehand, but it happened that um, you know Ken Dryden came along and played like a beast, and Rogie was still young at the time and wanted to be the number one goaltender, and you know they moved him over to the Kings, and you know he was a star on the Kings for some pretty rough king teams but you know he deserves i think he deserves to be there not only for his game that he played but also for the work that he did for the team mm-hmm. yeah. afterwards um so that's that's kind of my take on that one um you know pat quinn that was an obvious choice you know he only passed away what was it, a couple years ago and uh you know pat pat quinn was a he was a pillar of the game of hockey and, and definitely a, a huge ambassador for the game as a coach. And even as, as a player, I mean, look, he was, he was brought on after he retired, after he quit playing hockey, he was immediately put on, put on staff, mm-hmm. you know, to, to work for, for the team. And, and he did ever since mm-hmm. and was a coach in the league for somewhat, what was it? 35 years, something like uh, that. I don't know about that, but a long, long time. I mean, let's see here. I mean, it was a very long time. Oh yeah, actually. But, uh, Four, five, six, yeah. seven. I think it was. I think it was pretty close to that. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, but, um, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I don't know. I, as a twenty, as a coach, twenty years, but that's a damn years. long time yeah. as a coach. Yeah. Plus, he coached you know World Cup teams. He coached Team Canada. I mean, he's he he did it all. Won and, the Jack Adams two times. Right. 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 So I think that's definitely a deserving position in the in the builder category. Um, Makarov, I have no problem with whatsoever because you got to remember this is the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. So the guy was a superstar world before he even came to the NHL. And, you know, coming over here at the age of, you know, the ripe old age of 31 and winning the Rookie of the Year award, um, you know, definitely his body of work for the Soviet Union union and for russia is just i mean it, it was amazing and you know the fact that it is the hockey hall of fame and not just the nhl hall of fame he definitely deserves to be there and of course lindros i mean i don't know lindros is kind of a polarizing character because you got to look at if you look at somebody's total body of work as far as their entire career you you could look at the first half of Lindros's career and, and still make a case for him being in the Hall of Fame without looking at the last half of his career. Yes. Because obviously pl- being plagued by injuries, the concussions. I mean, we all, we've all heard the story. We all know the, the issues. You know, his last season was, what, 2007? He scored five goals. Yes. I mean, so the, the whole body of work of the second half of – last half of his season was, was – or last half of his career – is totally different than the impact he had on the game in the first part of it. Isn't and that it, and that was amazing. Isn't that true though of like most NHL superstars where like the first half of their career there's like a span where they're awesome and then they kind of they kind of peter out at the end and they're just okay. But, you know, they're, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, okay, say like Wayne Gretzky, right? Like, I believe like in his last couple of seasons, I think he still finished in the top 10 in scoring or something like that. I mean, and he was still by far better than a, a lot of the other players. Okay, maybe Gretzky's a terrible example because you can't really compare anybody to Gretzky and you can't really compare anybody to Lemieux. But um, I'm just thinking... Well, you can definitely make a case for the environments that they played in. 
I mean, look at Gretzky. Gretzky played on the Oilers team, Hall of Famers. He had a supporting cast that was amazing. So then Gretzky goes to the Kings with maybe some players that were good in their own right, but look how much better they became when he came to their team. Yeah. I mean, prime example, guy that's not in the Hall of Fame, Bernie Nichols. Bernie Nichols was a good player. When Gretzky got there, he was an awesome player. Right. And it was all because number 99 was playing on that team. And so, you know, supporting cast makes a big difference. Lemieux played on some of the worst Penguin teams ever that that were just awful. But until they started getting that supporting cast to put around him, then he – and he, I mean, he was good. He was great. But, you know, I, I think people judge a lot of times Hall of Fame worthiness by the number of cups that you have. And – yeah, that's unfair. That's probably why. Well, and, and yeah, it, it can be because you're being elected to the Hall of Fame not because of your body of work, not necessarily because of the team. And hockey is a team sport, and you can't win with one player. You can win with a team. You can't win with one player. And I think Lindros got overshadowed a lot of times because of the simple fact that he doesn't have any cups. Yeah, so, and... I mean, but you got to remember, I mean, they had that Legion of Doom line, and then what do they do? They trade away Michael Renberg. And I guess, I, I don't really know much about that trade. All I know is that it was it seemed stupid at the time. Like, I mean, if you think about it, and I, I know that there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of really great li- hockey lines with great nicknames anymore. You know, they're always like the so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so line, right? Like, they always talk about the Secord Savard Larmer line in Chicago. But, you know... Uh, Lines don't have nicknames, is what you're saying. Right, but uh, they don't have nicknames, and they don't last... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, when I think of, like, the Legion of Doom line, I mean, that was just... I mean, that was just a monster line. Why would you break that up? Why would you break that up? I... I, I well, monster in literal terms because those three guys on that line were huge yes yeah and they, they were monsters themselves right and john leclerc put up three consecutive 50 or more goal seasons uh when he played with lindros and you look at his body of work after the fact right so th- speaking so, of body of work like when we talk about like guys who are like in the hall of fame and like they had okay dennis savard right 10 great years in chicago then he went to montreal and he was just good he was good he was great but he wasn't the same, and then he came, and then he went to Tampa Bay, and then he came back to Chicago, and he just what, and he was in and out of the lineup, and he just wasn't the same. But nobody looks at like the ninety six, ninety seven season and say, ah, oh, Dennis Savard doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They look at you know his you know five consecutive hundred point seasons in the eighties and say, wow. Or Dale Howardchuk is like another one, right? So I can I I think people want to pick on Lindros even more for the latter third, we'll say, of his career. Because he had 10 good seasons. His first season in New York was good. Well, and, and like I said, that's probably why he got passed over for as many years as he did for other players. And that's simple because... Expectations too high? Re- well, I don't think it's that necessarily that. I think it's... Because I, I think he lived up to his expectations. Oh, yeah. Above and beyond that. But I think recent memory, you know... Is is exactly that. It's recent memory. So you remember the last couple of things you saw, and you know that 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 body of work wasn't as good as. And that's the thing. You can't fault the guy because, you know, the injuries injuries plague a lot of people. I mean, look at players that had to retire had to retire or their careers were cut short because of injury. Bobby Orr, Mike Bossy. There's, there's one of the big examples. Mike Bossy's another one. Mario Lemieux's another one. I mean, there's a list of superstar Hall of Fame players that could have played longer. And maybe you would have seen their careers kind of peter out towards the end. Just because you get older, the league starts starts to pass you by because everybody's getting younger and getting quicker. And, you know, what do you have left? Lindros was one of those ones that, you know, his hype was huge. He's the biggest guy coming into the, coming into the league, both – physically and the hype machine behind it. Nobody had that kind of hype since probably Gretzky and Lemieux. I, just and, real quick, let me just say this. 
He was like the Shaquille O'Neal of hockey, and I always liked that about him because I remember how much hype there was around Shaquille O'Neal before he even played an NBA game. And it was cool as a hockey fan in in America, in Chicago, where hockey was totally underhyped, to have that kind of player. Like our Shaquille O'Neal, our, our big guy, physically big guy, but also this guy is going to be a superstar, and he was. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. Well, and that's the thing, because a lot of people get hyped, you know, before a draft, before the NHL draft, there's always those guys, you know, recent memory, you know, Connor McDavid, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, Austin Matthews. And it's like, okay, there's all this hype surrounding these guys. Are they going to live up to expectations? And it's, it's a pretty big hit or miss. You know, here's a guy that had the potential of coming into the league well before he actually did and then when he finally got there there was all the controversy over him being drafted by the nordiques and him flat out saying he was not going to play for that organization because he wasn't going to play for that that management team he wanted nothing to do with it and refused and then the whole thing with well the flyers want him the rangers want him who's going to give me the best deal the blackhawks almost got him too you know what the hang-up was with the blackhawks yeah I've never heard the Blackhawks. Oh, story. yeah, the Blackhawks almost got him. Um, I've heard the hotel room story in the middle of the night when Rangers representatives and Flyer representatives were both brought in, and, okay, what are you going to give me? And it came down to the actual dollar amount. Yeah, well, that was it. It was money. The Blackhawks would not part with money. Mike Keenan yeah. had engineered a trade that would have sent um, – now, I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on this. I know they were going to send Steve Larmer and Ed Belfour. They would have kept Jeremy Roenick. They would have gotten Lindros. I think they would have gotten Ron Hextall because, you know, Keenan loved Ron Hextall. So he would have gotten Hextall uh, as part of that trade. That would have been huge for the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks, you know, as you recall, they lost to the Penguins that year, having a big center. I mean, if you look at all... They did. If you look at all those teams, all those teams (laughs) had two big centers, you know, for the, not physically big, just superstar centers. I mean, the Pens had Lemieux and they had Francis. The Red Wings had Iserman and Fedorov. You know, you need to have those two centers and the Hawk, that would have done it for the Blackhawks, but they wouldn't part with, uh, they wouldn't part with the money that, uh, well, Bill Wirtz, the team owner, wouldn't part with the money. Well, and that, and that, you, you see history shows you that that, that's really what it boiled down to. I mean, $15 $15 million was the price, you know, plus, you know, all the guys that, that actually got dealt away. I mean, they got Forsberg, Hextall, uh, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon. I think there was like three or four other guys. Uh, Steve Duchesne, I think, was in that deal. Yeah. Um, and but plus an $10 million. I mean, no, this was unprecedented at that point that a team was willing to – that any team, not just one team, but multiple teams were willing to dump superstar player, star players and potential superstar players, you know, to go and get, get Lindros. So, I mean, that shows you the impact that he had in the minds of, of the hockey gurus that were out there. And then when he got there and he got out on the ice, he was a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, the... The way he played, the game he played was a very physical game. The guy could go out there and just crush people. And, and and that's what he did, day in and day out. And not only that, he could score. And so, I mean, there there weren't players like that in the league. No, I mean... At that time. And, and I don't necessarily think there's really been many players you can compare him to since like a cam neely or a mark messier you know that big power forward yeah you're talking about these power guys that are big and physical and you don't see that you don't see that so i got an eric lindros story for you real quick uh i met him back in 91 i was at the nhl all-star game in 1991 it was at chicago stadium and um my friend kid that i they lived in the neighborhood. We used to trade cards with each other. So he was there and I was there. And, you know, the day before we 
they had the skills competition and, you know, I met up with my friend and we probably traded cards or something. And he says to me, he's like, oh yeah, bring, I'll buy a Lindros rookie off of you. And I'm like, okay, I'll bring it. I'll be here for the all-star game tomorrow. I'll bring that. Right. So I brought a bunch of cards to trade him or sell him or whatever. And I decided to not bring an Eric Lindros card. Cause I was like, eh, you know what? I'm not going to sell it to him. This card's going to be worth a lot of money. And I don't know. I've maybe had three of them or whatever. And uh, I still kick myself for not bringing that because it's intermission. My aunt runs back to the seat. She's, she goes out to go to get, you know, bathroom break or soda. I don't remember. She runs back to the seats like a minute later. She's like, come here now. So I go running out into the hallway, and there's a mob of people swarmed around Eric Lindros, who was attending the 91 All-Star Game just to see it. Uh, And this was one of the catalysts for him wanting to go to a big market team. He didn't want to go to, after this point, he didn't want to play in a small market. He wanted to play in a big market. And, you know, there were articles written saying how excited he was about going to Chicago and just seeing what it's like, you know, what, what a big city is like. And, um... He's signing autographs for everybody. There's a mob of people around him. So, you know, dummy me, I didn't bring my Lindros card. I uh, handed him my ticket stub. And he signed the back of it. And it's just like an indiscriminate scribble. But, uh, you know, I still have have it. Well, it was my 91 All-Star Game ticket stub. So, yeah, I still have that. And uh, I was happy to get have an, a Lindros autograph even before he played a, a single NHL game. But, you know, I always remember not bringing a card of him and just regretting that because I would have had that signed in a ballpoint pen and looked at it 25 years later and been like, ah, yeah, I remember that day like it was 25 years ago. And I'm sure at the time you never thought I was having a Hall of Famer sign my I kind of had big we all had big expectations for him and you know when you're a kid that's magnified you know actually it was funny because like I thought he was going to win rookie of the year and he didn't because Team Mussolini did and Team Mussolini had a way better record but Team Mussolini was also a couple years older um but you know it's funny you 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 mentioned controversy and I actually wanted to quiz you on this so no googling and okay if you don't get these because this is only nerd shit that maybe Sal would remember so all four of these players, when I was thinking about them today, Lindros, Makarov, Vishon, and Quinn, had some controversy in their careers. And Lindros actually had two things. Well, actually, many things. Uh, so we know the Nordiques thing. Can you name another controversy in his career? There's a couple of right answers here. I was going to say, I don't know if it's considered controversy, but the thing that basically took him out and ended his career, that Scott Stevens hit, that open ice hit to the head, I mean, that was sort of controversial. Okay. But at the time, they, we didn't have all the headshot rules and everything back then. So I would also accept his refusing to play for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds when he was drafted by them in the OHL draft. That's why that's, true. that's why he went to Oshawa because he did not want to play, or his parents didn't want him to play there. And then it was his parents' decision. Yes. Yes, his parents. His parents really meddled with his career. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but they. Well, he's in the Hall of Fame, so there you go. There you go. Right. They, uh, Mama knows best, right? And then um, also, I mean, you could you could say like the the holdout in two thousand two thousand one. Although, from what I understand, the Flyers wanted to sign him to a two-way deal that would that could send him to the minors. And you know what? F that. If you've been in the NHL for nine years and you produced at the rate that Lindros produced at, which was yeah. more than a point per game in the in in his first nine years, uh, you know, when he played with the Flyers, um, you don't you don't give a guy a two-way contract because he's had some concussion problems because. Yeah, that cuts into his games, but that wasn't affecting his... Well, it did ultimately affect his performance, but that's really insulting. So I can understand why he would um, he would uh, hold out and say, screw that, before they you know ended up trading him yeah. to the Rangers. What about Makarov? Uh, oh, go ahead. What was your thought? Mac, I was just saying, I, I can't think of any other ones because I... Well, you brought it up. Then. You brought it up earlier with Makarov. I did. Yeah. Oh, with, with him. Oh, the fact that he became the uh, 
the rookie thirty one and not long after that they changed the rule mm-hmm. to uh players have to be under the age of what is it, twenty five? Twenty six, I 20... think. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean the guy was a the guy was a superstar in the in 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 the world and <laughs> the the Russians finally said Okay, we'll allow you to go play in the NHL. You know, he's already I don't know I don't want to say past the prime of his career. No, he was. I mean, he he had already done a lot at that point. And the fact that he can come over to to the United States as a as an aged veteran in world competition and become the rookie of the year in in that NHL was was something so let me ha- I mean, let me ask you this uh true or false did wayne or uh, uh did wayne gretzky win the rookie of the year honors in his first nhl season did wayne gretzky yes no why not Be- because he didn't he didn't <laughs> because he Be- played he wasn't, yeah I, in he wasn't he was the in the, the, the WHL? WHA. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. WHA? So, Sorry. players who played in the WHA were not considered yeah. rookies. They, they weren't rookies because it was professional hockey. Right. So, this just shows you how far the NHL had their heads up their butts by, you know, 10 years later. So, in 79, they're like, no, no, Gretzky, you played in the WHA. You can't be a rookie. But in 89, you know, Makarov and those guys come over, and it's just like, yeah, they're rookies because they've never played in the NHL. They, you know, it's the difference between North American ideas of hockey and the rest of the world. Yeah, but the, the but the Russians were stomping the shit out of everyone in the '80s. So I mean, those guys were professional. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you know it as well as I do, True. as well as anybody. Um, but yeah, so he. The question is, were they paid, and, and was it considered a legitimate professional league at the time? I, I think a lot of that. It was wasn't weren't a lot of those guys playing hockey for the national teams because that was in lieu of military service. Well, they were okay. So if you were on the national team, you played. Well, let me rephrase that. If you played for the Central Red Army, you were also in the Russian military, and the Central Red Army was basically the national team. They would add a few conscripts from other teams. So I'll like give you a for instance, like. When the Central Red Army, uh, well, or no, like when they would play in an international competition, they would, uh, okay, perfect example, I wrote about this guy a couple of weeks ago, Helmut Balderas, who played for the North Stars. He was another one of those older Russian players who came over. Um, he was not, originally he was not on the Central Red Army, and then, you know, they kept adding him to the national team, and then eventually they just put him on the Central Red Army team so that he could practice with these other guys and play with these other guys who were on the national team. Or like Arturs Urbe, I don't know if he played for the Russian national team, but I know he did end up on the Central Red Army team when they toured North America, although technically he never, I don't think he ever actually played for them. But yeah, that's how it was. They were just like, well, if this team plays together all the time, then they'll just be better. But that actually killed Russian hockey in a way because, you know, the Red Army team was so much better than all the other teams because they kept putting all the best guys on it. They'd always win. And then so people just got tired of it. Well, and that's, that was what I was saying. I think I thought I remember reading something about that is if they were on that team as part of the military service, they weren't actually put into uh, potential combat situations or, you know, put out into active duty. They, they were on that team and that was their job. Yeah. I mean, pick one, go to Afghanistan or play hockey, hockey. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So you got two so far. How about Pat Quinn? Pat Quinn, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Pat oh, Quinn. Oh, but That's you just name. said it earlier in this podcast. I did? You did. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, see, my, you memory, hinted your, my you, memory's horrible. You, 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 I hinted? You, you gave a hint earlier in this podcast. For those who are listening, Tim dropped the no. hint earlier in this podcast. I did? So, see? Pat Quinn was a big dude who did a lot of big bruising hits, right? He did a very um, famous body check in the late 60s. 
Was that the elbow to the head of Stan Makita? Nope. Oh. Because I think he did that once. All right, who did he take out? Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. Oh, he's the one. Yeah. I remember, I was just playing coy. Ah, okay, yeah. So, now, I've read that Orr got hit in the knee before that hit by Quinn, so it wasn't necessarily, like, you know, I've heard, like, oh, and then he was never the same after that hit, but then I also heard, oh, you know, he, um... Uh, you know, he, he got hit before that, so Quinn wasn't the guy. He just added injury to injury and not, like, the initial injury. In um, Bobby Orr's book, uh, he talks about some Bruins fan, like, just in, like, a hotel or something, like, saying, like, Mr. Orr, do you want me to take out Pat Quinn? Like, and he was, like, really serious. Like, I don't know if he showed him a gun or something, but he was just, like, one of these mobster types, and he was like, no, no, that's okay. It's, it's all good. It's just part of hockey, but... <laughs> That's how that's how serious at least one fan took it. Was Pat playing for the Flames at the time? Uh I mean no, he would have been a Maple Leaf when he hit him. Maple Leaf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um yeah, I think he would have been on on Toronto. Let's see. So Oh yeah, so well he was a bit player uh, with Toronto, but and yeah, for a little while. But yeah, so that was yeah. that was the controversy there. So what's the Rogie controversy? Okay, so this is not really on Rogie. This is on the NHL and its BS free agency rules. So, Rogie signs, I want to say this was 78-79. I, I've also something I've written about for Puck Junk. Uh, I will link to this in below the podcast. But, 78-79 uh, season, the, uh, the Red Wings sign Rogie Vachon to a, a contract. He's a free agent. He was 30-something at that point. I don't know, was it 36, 30-something? He was, let me see something here. Do, 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 do. He was born 45, 55, 65, 70, 75, 77, So he would have been like 34, right? 34-year-old goaltender. They sign, the Red Wings sign him. Now, you'll probably remember back in the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s, the NHL had these totally bogus rules about getting compensation if you lost a free agent. Do you remember that? Um, I'll say yes for argument. Well, think, remember when Scott Stevens went from the Blues to the Devils? Yes. That was a, a compensation. So yes. what happened was, what would happen, this was to discourage teams from signing other teams' players, and that's how they kept these players trapped in perpetuity, where they would just keep giving them a little bit of a raise or no raise at all, or threaten to send them to the minors or whatever. So, you know, they made it really hard to, to sign away players because then you would lose something. You'd lose a draft pick or you'd lose player uh, a player of comparable value. So I like to say it was like a forced trade. You, you sign my good player, I'm going to get your good player's compensation. So it's not really a signing anymore. You're not really making your team better. We're just swapping players. So the Red Wings sign Vishon and they had a, a young up-and-coming player named Dale McCourt who did extremely well for them uh, in his rookie year. And so the Kings said, we want Dale McCourt as compensation for you signing our 30-something goaltender. Totally, totally, totally unfair. I mean, that would be like getting an Austin Matthews or a, um, you know, a, a, I don't say a Patrick Kane because he's, he's getting up there, although he's still awesome. But you could say it's like, it would be like getting a Patrick Kane for signing Evgeny Nabokov. Not the. Oh. I mean, think about it that way, right? Like, well, I know Nabokov's retired, but even like towards the end of his career, he was he was good, you know. Um, and so that's that's what happened. So, uh, the uh, excuse me. So McCourt refused. He said, "No, I play for the Red Wings. I want to play for the Red Wings." And he basically sued the NHL. He sued the Kings. It went to court. Um, they filed a temporary injunction, and they said, okay, you can stay with the Red Wings until we figure this nonsense out. And then um, the next year, uh, the court ruled in favor of the Kings, and they said, nope, you know what? They get you as compensation. And (laughs) then Topps did like one of those head swaps where they put Dale McCourt on an L.A. Kings player's body, and he has his 7980 
hockey card has him as a member of the Kings, even though he never played for the Kings. That's actually what got me interested in the first place. When I saw this card, I'm like, I never knew Dale McCourt was a King. And then sure enough, he was only a King on paper and on cardboard, uh, if you will. Um, but the Kings basically realized that he they kept offering him more money and he didn't want to play for them. So they just traded his rights back to the Red Wings because they just said, you know what, if we can't pay this guy to to play for us, what's the point? But yeah, so Vishon, it wasn't his fault, but he was kind of the catalyst because he went and he signed with the Red Wings. And then the Red Wings lost Dale McCourt as compensation to the Kings. And then that became this like year-long legal battle. Well, didn't that also... Didn't that also hurt Detroit from an offensive standpoint? Because I don't think Rogie was that great on Detroit, was he? I mean, they paid him a ton of money to go there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think his career was anywhere near what it would have been before that. No, but I mean, Detroit in the late '70s was pretty bad. I mean, I remember reading Dennis Hull's book, "The Third Best Hull," and the only reason why he played for Detroit was he did it as a favor to uh, Ted Lindsay, who was, um, I think he was, I don't know if he's coach or GM, but uh, Hull had retired from the Blackhawks, Dennis Hull, uh, because they were cutting into his playing time. Bob Pulford was the coach, and he basically, when Pulford became the coach, he just basically treated all those Blackhawks that he used to play against, he treated them like shit, you know, uh, Dennis Hall, Stan Makita, all those guys. He wasn't nice to any of them. And so Dennis Hall quit. Um, but then he came out of retirement to play with the Red Wings for a season to kind of help him out. And he regretted doing it because he said it just, it was a bad way to end his career. It wasn't that exciting. But yeah, the, the Red Wings are pretty terrible in the late 70s. So they would have done anything to make themselves a little bit better. And so if that meant signing an aging goaltender, hey, you know, so be it. Because, I mean, you know, Rogie's a winner, as 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 we've seen. That that is true. That is true. And and goalies goalies seem to, well, a lot of times goalies get better with age. So, uh, real quick before we 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 end this, let's just talk about like who we think should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, we know next year Team Solani oh, my will be eligible. Huh? Yes. He should be in there. That's my favorite topic. Who should be in there? Jeremy Roenick. I'm just going to say it right now. Jeremy Roenick should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Why is he not in the Hockey, Hockey Hall of Fame? Hockey Hall of Fame needs more American players. Okay. Needs more women, too. Roenick, no women were inducted this Roenick, year. No women were inducted this year. Okay. But, who, I mean, that's. I think that's a discussion for another time. Absolutely. But, um, <clears throat> I, I think there's a case could be made for Mike Richter, maybe Tom Barrasso. Oh, maybe the Barrasso, uh, uh, uh <laughs> the Tom Barrasso, obviously Ronick, like you just said, uh-huh. John LeClaire. Oh yeah. There, there, there's a lot of American born players that I think deserve potential consideration, but you know, my, my big one other than Solani, who should be in there, uh, 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 Paul Korea. What about Paul Korea? Nobody talks about Paul Korea. Yeah, that's a good. That guy was great. That's a good. That guy changed an entire city's viewpoint on hockey. Just like Gretzky brought hockey to Southern California, Paul Korea changed, made he made hockey in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. He literally did. Mm-hmm. I mean, beforehand they weren't they weren't selling the tickets like they should have. When Paul Korea came to that team, they were selling. 9,000 tickets just for practice. Yeah, no, he was, so. he was, uh, he was awesome. I mean, yeah, he gave them their first bonafide superstar. And what else is kind of funny is that, uh, and, oh, don't forget though, remember in the, uh, was it the conference finals or was it, Stanley? I think it was Stanley Cup finals, Anaheim against New Jersey. Uh huh. Paul Correa got crushed by Scott Stevens as well. Only he got up and skated off the ice. Ah. So he didn't lay there in a pile, and the person that did is in, now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I'm not trying to nitpick or anything. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, looking at uh, uh, Korea's career, yeah, he was uh... – I think maybe some people are a little too fixated on, like, the, the post-Anaheim. Like, oh, well, he, uh, you know, he didn't do so well after Anaheim, but so what? Um uh, 
was I going to say? You know what I found interesting about Korea? Uh, just looking at his stats really quick. In his first season, um, when he played for the main Black Bears uh, in in college hockey, he had a hundred point season, which is like unheard of in college hockey. Which Correct. is just awesome. I mean, I mean, I remember hearing about that. Like, you know, most of the time, like college hockey guys would play like 40 games and they'd get like 32 points and that would be good or they might get a point a game and that would be great or a little bit it was it was comparable to that but to get like two and a half points a game in in college hockey was mind-boggling um yeah but uh yeah and then of course it was always disappointing that he didn't play in the 98 olympics because he is uh you know of japanese heritage and they were looking forward to seeing him in japan and that didn't happen because uh, he got, uh, was it uh, Gary Suter who hit him? Somebody hit him, and, and he had a concussion or something, and he just couldn't play in the Olympics that year. Another big one? Yeah. In my mind is the wrecking ball, Mark Recchi. Uh-huh. I think Mark Recchi needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He hasn't gotten enough votes since he was eligible in 14 to, to get there, but... I mean, this guy, he played 22 years in the league. Wow. 22 years. I mean, nobody does that, except for Yarmir Yager. And the fact that he won Stanley Cups with three different teams. Mm-hmm. Come on. Look at his numbers. I mean, three years, he was over 100 points. The three Cups, the fact that his longevity and that he was – always one of the leader leading guys in in whatever locker room he was in mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know they might have Mark to Reckie definitely deserves it you know they might have to put yarmir yager in the hall of fame just so he retires he's gonna have his own wing uh-huh. when he has goes to the hall of fame just one would be like like the photos of like his hairstyles for, for, throughout the years That'd be an interesting mullet 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 different head busts of him mulletier yeah Oh yeah, with wigs, right? Then you could change it out, right? Like I always get, I always get tired of like when they talk about like the baseball Hall of Fame. And the first thing I hate, I hate when they say first ballot when when talking about hockey Hall of Fame. I hate that term, first ballot, because that's a baseball thing, and I, I don't, I don't like that. And then the other thing that that's really big about baseball is. Um, Oh, and, you know, like in, in, in baseball, if the player is in a first ballot Hall of Famer, it's like a big deal. Like, oh, well, you know, well, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if depending on who else is eligible at the time or who's on the panel or whatever, you know, it's it's uh, well, I know with baseball, it's not a panel like hockey is your 18 person panel and you have to get two thirds of, of the vote. Um that's one thing that annoys me. And then in baseball, they always talk about like, but what hat is he going to be wearing? Like he played for three different teams. So is, is his hall of fame bust going to have a Chicago Cubs logo on the hat? Or is it going to have a, a you know, a, a Pittsburgh pirates logo on the hat? I, I, I don't know who that could be, but y- you get my point, right? And you don't have that problem. What te- what's, what, what team will Yager go in as? Oh, well, penguin, obviously, but you see, that's, a th- you think that's obvious? I don't think that's obvious. Well, well let's see. Uh, the Flyers? The Rangers? I don't think it's going to be any, any one of the individual teams, necessarily like the, the half-season teams, but I don't know that it's a guarantee that he'll go in as a, as a Penguin. Well, it, but we don't have that. We don't even have that discussion with hockey. No. Yeah. Cause we, it it does, doesn't come up because... Guys go in on their body of work as their career, and they they are what they are. They're independent of a team. Yeah. So, uh, any last thoughts before I wrap it up? Cause... Well, just a couple other names I wanted to throw sure, out there. Sure, go for it. Andrew Chuck. Yeah. You know, almost 1,700 games in the NHL. You know, you got other guys like, here. here's a good one. Does, now that Makarov's been taken in, and they're starting to, you know, recognize international play and Russians and stuff. What about uh, Mogilny? Mm-hmm. I mean, for what Makarov did as far as bringing Russians over here and breaking that barrier, Mogilny, I mean, once once he was drafted and brought in, that pretty much opened up the floodgates for European and, and Russian players to, to be brought over. I mean, he doesn't have the, the goals, I guess. He's only got four... 
four something, four seventy, four seventy five. I don't remember what his totals are, but oh yeah, but Chris Osgood. There's no Chris Osgood. Ah, uh, was Osgood good or yeah. was he was he just he was Osgood. Was was Chris? He was as good as any other player. Well, or was he just as good as the team that he was on? Well, and that's that's the argument that you have to have on that. I mean, did Osgood play yeah. as good on the Islanders on the uh, whatever other teams he was on? Goaltenders can stand on their head regardless of what's in front of them. It's just you know eventually you're going to give up goals if you get peppered to death. Yeah, but you look at like Dominic Hasek, and he was he was awesome on any team that he played for. Yeah, I mean he's obviously way better for Detroit, but he had a much bigger body of work on it for Detroit. So I don't know. They're just their names you can throw out there, and you can have that argument till the cows come home. But until until you're one of the voters and stuff, we that's really just it. We can we'll argue and throw out names and we'll never know until we see next year well until then until next year until next podcast i think we're just gonna wrap it up here i think uh i think our uh audience if they haven't already uh quit hit the stop button they're about to so uh just want to say thanks for listening to this uh extended edition hour long of the puck junk podcast For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk.